All right, welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Fucking Not Podcast with your host, Day Bar is Open. This is the life and times of millennial, episode seven. Really excited to be doing this episode with you, not only because obviously uh, I'm excited to do this every single week, but going to have a good friend later on, Rich Castro, one of my really good friends. So excited for you guys to hear about his story. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Want to thank everyone who's been tuning in every single week, you know, telling a friend to tell a friend, you know, posted it on their own social media. Um, and the feedback, honestly, has been amazing. Uh, for those of you who hit me up on Instagram and the Instagram page, for those of you who don't have it, is at absolutely fucking not know you after the F and at AFN podcast on Twitter. Uh, but the feedback has been pretty cool, man. A lot of people related to the last episode, the uh, the social introvert, um, you know, I, I identify myself as an introvert and I wanted to touch base on that because I feel that really, you know, defines how I've been, you know, dealing with certain situations in my life, especially over the last couple of years as I've had moments of, uh, you know, anxiousness and anxiety has definitely set a, set itself in into, you know, my life at a, at a later age. And again, a lot of you guys can relate to that. So I'm glad, you know, I was able to offer some insight and maybe uh, how you can deal with things. Um, a lot of people also offered feedback that they didn't really relate to it, um, but they you know enjoyed the show. So hey, again, this is uh, my perspective on things, how I I view things as a millennial and dealing with certain situations. But uh, I definitely appreciate the feedback, and again, I'm just grateful that you guys are tuning in. And if I can help you guys out any way, or you know shed some insight, or just make you laugh, then I'm just here to you know for entertainment for these you know next 45 to 60 minutes. But just want to catch you guys up on things, man. It's been a fucking pretty miserable um, time for me simply because I'm a New York, you know, sports fan. And it's been pretty, pretty rough. Uh, the Giants are absolute trash. So that sucks. Uh, my girlfriend actually got me a really cool Giants shirt that I've been dying for. And I, you know, I wear it now. And it's like, yeah, you know, we suck. So I really, you know, I can't really be repping this too hard. But I'm still a New York fan until I die. Uh, the Yankees got eliminated three weeks ago. The Red Sox won, so living with a, a girl who's a diehard Red Sox fan has been an awesome experience. Really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, man, it's been pretty shitty sports-wise for me. Uh, the Knicks are decent. Knicks, uh, Knicks have their moments. I went to... The Knicks had only... I was going to try to be low-key, as always. You know, Danny, low-key low Danny. But I was online uh, last week, and I saw the Knicks were in town. I was like, oh, man, I'm not really trying to spend this money. I spent quite a bit of money over the birthday weekend, so I wanted to take it easy. Then I started looking up, and I was like, damn, they're not, this is the only game they're coming to Miami all year. So I got tickets for the game, uh, took my girlfriend, and then I told her, like, when the game started, I was like, damn, we have a pretty young lineup out there. I really hope we don't get blown out. And she's like, you mean win? I'm like, no, no, you heard me right. I just hope we don't get blown out. Uh, and then we proceeded to get blown out by, I think, almost 30 points. Uh, shout out to Coach Fizdale, though, man. Knicks look good at moments, but it was it was rough. And we left at the start of the fourth quarter. And she's like, you know, we have the whole game left. We have a whole quarter left. Why are we going to leave now? I'm like, because it's time to go. We, I've seen enough. So, um, but yeah, so it's a pretty shitty time as far as my sports, uh, my love for New York City sports teams are concerned. But besides that, um, just enjoying work right now and a good, a good space there. Um, you know, enjoying these first couple of weeks of my 30s, uh, no real complaints, and you know, just enjoying diving into more topics with you guys on the podcast. Uh, this week, we're actually going to dive into a topic that um, I feel like a lot of millennials, uh, maybe a lot of generations, 
uh, in general deal with. But I feel like millennials, because we're in that weird phase of, you know, the things from the past are still you know, a part of our day-to-day life, but we're always uh, a generation that's constantly looking ahead, looking for innovations and new things in the future. So I thought it'd be a cool topic to see what the role our parents play in that um, as far as our, you know, our upbringing, the the way we deal with things now and how we would compare to them when they were our age, um, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So episode seven is called Not Our Parents. And then what that means is, man, I want to be extremely clear. This is not an insult to my parents or anyone's parents or Rich's parents when you hear his story in a little bit, uh, especially because I know my mom is listening. Shout out to my mom, Fanny, the best. So I don't want this to get you know, misconstrued and think it's going to be a bash session on our parents because that's definitely uh, not the case. Uh, I just want to get, get more insight because I feel like this is a, a constant struggle for millennials because we're, we're constantly comparing ourselves to... Uh, know how our parents did things back in the day right like it's if you compare yourself at 25 26 27 to what your parents did at 25 26 27 it's like fuck like am i even close to being you know what they were um and i know that's a constant struggle i deal with speaking to friends and families uh sorry friends and you know members uh of my family we have that same um, conversation all the time. It's like, yo, my mom was doing this, this, and that at, at my age, and I cannot afford this, that, or the other. So how the hell am I meant to, you know, stack up? Um, did I do something wrong? You know, and I really, and that's what I want this this um, this episode to be about, man. Us just trying to figure that out together, uh, get a better understanding of, hey, like, is it even a fair comp- uh, comparison? Is it, you know, are we comparing apples to apples or apple- is it apples to oranges? Because um, I really think, man, like, it's it's a constant conversation that we are always having. So, you know, let's sit down. Let's figure it out. Uh, I'm going to dive into my experiences with my, my mom and dad and just, you know, evaluate, you know, their upbringing, how they went about things and, you know, the role that played in shaping uh, the person I am today and how I dealt with, you know, insecurities and, you know, trying to really figure out my way by, oh, but still having that uh, understanding in the back of my mind, like, well, hey, like, my mom did it that way, my dad did it this way, like, is, am I doing it the right way or should I be doing it differently from them? And if I do it different and I'm, is it, is it still, am I still going to be successful in the way I'm doing it if I compare it to them? So again, it's really going to be focusing on how millennials, you're not your parents, and I think by the end of it, we're going to come to the conclusion that, hey, it's okay. But uh, yeah, I think it's a cool topic. Uh, I wanted to have Rich um, along for the conver- for the ride as well. Uh, you're going to listen to a conversation between me and Rich a little bit later. Um, super cool dude. Um, again, he's, a, he's an example of what millennials should aspire to be. Really, really cool dude. Really cool dude, sorry. Um, honored to call my friend. So you'll hear that a little bit later, but we're going to take a little break here, come back and dive into the role my mom played. So again, thank you so much for tuning in to the Absolute Fucking Not Podcast, episode seven with Day Bar is open. We are not our parents. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Absolutely Fucking Not Podcast with your host, Daybar is Open. Again, this episode is entitled, Not Our Parents. I feel that's a dilemma 
that most uh, millennials are constantly dealing with, or at least it's brought up in a lot of conversations when you're trying to like evaluate, you know, where you're at in life. I know when I'm sitting around with my friends, coworkers who are of similar age, we're always looking at, you know, the situation we're in, and then we kind of look back. It's like, yo, how the fuck did our parents do this back in the day? Like, how do they afford these constant vacations? How do they take the entire family to Disney World and it was nothing, right? How do they afford clothing for the entire family? Little things like that when you're a kid just seem so natural. And now when you're not struggling but trying to make your own way, it's like, how the hell do they fucking make that work? So I felt it would be a cool topic um, to discuss and I can try to figure out, you know, should we even having this comparison or is it something we should probably just, you know, push to the side and, you know, keep rocking and keep doing our own thing. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, as against this topic of we're not our parents, I wanted to discuss, you know, my parents, right? Because um, they played a huge influence on obviously who I am today. Um, probably 95% of this segment is going to be on my mom because my mom is the fucking shit. She's everything. So I want to make sure I do her justice in telling her story. Um, but again, I came from two Dominican parents. Uh, they both came over to the States in their mid-teens. Dad was super hardworking. Uh pretty street smart. Uh, when I was born, he owned several record stores in the Bronx. Uh, you know, pretty successful dude. Had a bunch of kids. Side note, again, told you my dad's Dominican. My dad definitely lives up to that bill of being a Dominican man in the 70s and 80s. Um, I'm one of eight kids on my dad's side. So again, I'm going to just leave that alone. Um, but yeah, my dad was super, super Dominican in that, in that aspect. Um, but yeah, again, super successful, man. He had several businesses, was doing well. You know, his parents were definitely proud of him. He was doing his thing. My mom, very, very hardworking, um, you know, came over to the, to the States, again, in, in, her, in her teen years. Um, super smart, like just naturally gifted. You can just tell that from just talking to my mom after like two minutes. And, you know, very, very successful, you know, as she got into her later years in life, you know, and up until now, like she's... Super hardworking. Uh, my mom was the first person in our family, in our immediate family, at least, to go to college. Um, I think she honestly just did that for me. Uh, I know she actually did that for me because I was. I remember I was young and we were talking about like school and stuff. I think I was like five or six or something, and she was like, "You know, when you get older, you have to go to college." And I was like, at the time, I think my mom had her degree, and then you know, she never wanted to. She never wanted me to use that against her, right? Well, you never got your degree, so why are you talking to me about that, right? So she went to college and, you know, she finished, you know, finished her degree. Um, she went to Fordham University. Shout out to the Rams. And she did all this shit, mind you, while having a kid at the age of like 21, 22. So my mom is like the biggest success story that, that, I, that I know personally. Um, again, came from, came to the States with nothing, and, you know, and then did a lot of great things while she was here in her, you know, in her time in America. Again, she also moved to India you know, to, to, to chase a dream of having a better life for herself and her son moved literally across the country, across the globe to start a business with a, you know, uh, with a colleague. Um, and she still lives in India to this day, loves it out there. Uh, I think she'll eventually move back to America, but I'm honestly not sure. I think when I start popping out grandkids or something, um, she'll be forced to move back, but, uh, she has a pretty good life out there, man. And she's, uh, you know, a huge success out there, man. She's, you know, she has her ups and downs like anybody, but you know, the fact that my mom, you know, came here with barely anything, worked multiple jobs while going to school, had a kid, didn't let that slow her down, 
you know, gave her kid everything, felt that her kid deserved more, so she moved to India, put him in the best schools, put him around the best people to ensure that that kid had a better life than she did. And she did all this while still being super successful, you know, making, you know, high six-figure salary. Like, yeah, that's fucking insane, right? And But with that comes a lot of expectations on me, right? And it's like, all right, can I live up to what my mom did? And does that... And it wasn't just solely for me. It was, you know, I, I believe my mom... Um, you know, had these expectations for me as well. I don't think she ever, she never verbalized them like that. Uh, you know, she would just push me to do, you know, do more things, bring up, you know, different job opportunities, even though I wasn't, you know, searching for a job at the time. She would always send me emails about, hey, this place is hiring. I'm like, I just got a job like a month ago. She, yeah, but this place is hiring. You should go check it out. So again, I, I know that's just my mom, you know, trying to, trying to ensure that, hey, you know, don't, don't fuck up, in a sense. You can, you can be better than your current circumstance. Um, but, again, in having that great example, you know, in my mom, you know, that was, you know, it was kind of not frustrating because, obviously, you're super grateful for everything your, your parents did and, you know, are doing for you. But it's kind of like intimidating. I think intimidating is the best word because, you know, if my mom can do all those things, right, with a child, Right, I, I'm fucking debating about buying a dog because I'm like, how the fuck am I going to afford this dog and pay other bills? So if my mom could do all these things, uh, you know, with a child, you know, what the fuck is my excuse, right? What is my excuse for a kid that never really had a struggle for anything, right? Always had food, clothing, uh, went to the best schools, was around, around the best people, was in a great setup in New York, but it wasn't good enough for my mom's standards. So she took me out of that and put me in a better situation in India to ensure that I had no excuse for not making it in the life. So what was my excuse going to be then if I didn't make it? And I feel at times I felt the weight of that. It's like, damn, man, like, yeah, like I'm, I'm going to a great high school, a great college. I literally have everything in my fingertips, right? On paper. Um, so why the fuck am I not seeing the success in my early twenties, mid twenties, like my mom did, right? In in the mid twenties, my mom was running the show at a few clinics, you know, in the Bronx, um, in her late twenties and early thirties, she was making tremendous power moves. I just turned 30 and yes, I have a successful podcast, um, and I'm doing well at work, but Financially, it's not the same as to what my mom was doing. So, you know, I started sit, you know, sitting down and talking to my friends and like, hey, man, like, yeah, like what's, you know, what's going on? Are we doing something wrong? You know, how are we fucking up? Um, and I just started to realize, man, like, is it a fair comparison, you know, to compare what our parents were doing in the mid 90s and early 2000 to, you know, what? we're dealing with into today in today's you know society be it, you know the the job market you know the tech savviness of everything just is it a fair compare uh comparison and i honestly think it isn't uh because if you think back to when our parents were working or, or in or our age in the in the job market salaries were on the rise cost of living was extremely low in comparison to what they are today Cost of living fast forward 15 to 20 years has gone up drastically 
but those salaries are pretty much the same that they were before or maybe slightly higher. More and more jobs are becoming obsolete these days because of advancing technologies and for the jobs that are out there, the qualification to get these jobs are insane. I mean, I can make a, a thousand jokes of an entry-level job requiring 15 years of experience. Like, where the fuck am I going to get that from? So I feel like, yes, you can compare it because you, you wanted like I, an idea like, hey, my mom busted her ass. You know, I, can, I, I need to use that example and run with it. But I don't think it's a fair comparison because I don't think the times let you compare things apples to apples. It's just, it's just so, so fucking different. Uh, so I think what that leads to for millennials, again, to remove that state of fucking depression, that you're not living up to whatever standards your parents you know, set for you or what the dreams and aspirations they have for you, I think you really need to you know, switch your, your lens a little bit and just redefine what success is these days, right? Success, success back then, sorry, you know, was get a great paying job, provide for your family, provide, per, help out, you know, be generous to those around you that maybe helped you along the way. Like my mom was in India making great money, t- taking care of me, but always sent money back, you know, to, you know, to her mom or anybody else, whoever, you know, needed a helping hand. Um, so yeah, she was, that, that was pretty much success for her back then. Uh, I think success now is, you know, it can be defined a little bit differently, right? Like, do I wish that I was able to make the kind of money my mom was making back then and be able to afford the things she was able to do as far as, you know, you know, worldwide trips and having a kid, for God's sakes? Absolutely. Uh, am I a failure for not being able to do so? Absolutely fucking not. Like, you have to, you know, if you have some things going on this day, you know, be proud of what you're doing. Um, I mean, not to get into my home, but I, I pay my own way, man. I've never asked for a handout along the way. I have a fucking roof over my head that I'm providing, money in my pocket. Um, I've been able to travel the world on my own dime, live my own experiences, make my own memories, and still be generous along the way. Um, I had a close friend recently for my birthday that um, that gave me a quick, you know, a nice shout out and a text. It was like, man, like you're one of the most generous guys I know. And I try to be generous any way I can, be with my time. Um, with advice, you know, if I can help out financially, I, I, whatever I can, I'm, I'm going to be there for you, right? So again, that's that's success to me. Again, do I wish I had more? Absolutely. I wish I, I made more money. I wish I had more time to travel. Um, I wish I was in a better financial position to, you know, maybe buy a house. You know, if I had a kid tomorrow, I'd be fucking panicking because financially, I just, I'm just, I don't think I'm there yet. Um, I'm sure I would figure it out. But again, I just don't think I'm there. My mom at, you know, 25, 26 was, you know, making all these moves happen. So I think as a millennial, you need to understand that just the time they lived in, it's just completely different now. And you need to come to terms with that quick and be proud of the successes you do have because you're going to drive yourself crazy constantly trying to live up to A, either what they were doing or B, the plans they had for you that maybe, you know, you haven't achieved just yet. And again, those plans were made 15, 20 years ago, right? They didn't know that things were going to change so drastically in the future. So trying to live up to those things isn't fair for yourself. And again, it's, I don't think it's fair on our parents um, you know, to still have those same, uh, those same goals for us. Yes, ha- hope and pray that, you know, the, 
that your child is successful for sure. But because you had a plan for them, you know, 15 or I guess 28 years ago when you had them, you didn't envision the world changing to the world it is today. So that's why I always try to remind my mom, like, I know, I know she's so proud of me, man. I, I, I hear from my, from my friends, her friends, uh, my uncles, you know, her, her brothers and sisters that, you know, she's super proud of me. And I, and I know she's told me as well, she's proud of me. As, but like, sometimes I feel like she gives me little comments here and there that I'm, I know she had a different path for me, right? And which is fine. Again, same thing. She didn't know how the world was going to play out. But again, there's success in every story if you look at the bigger picture. So I just think you need to redefine what success is in 2018 and be okay with that and not get too caught up in, you know, what your parents were doing at this time, at this age, you know, in their time because you're going to drive yourself fucking crazy. I know I was. Like, how am I going to live up to Fenny? Can anyone even do that? And I, I think the answer is is uh, absolutely fucking not. So again, don't drive yourself crazy. Just kind of redefine what success is. Keep trying to chase whatever goals you have for yourself. But if you keep trying to chase what your parents you know, put down for you or the plan they had for you, you're going to drive yourself fucking crazy. But that's my view of my mom. I'm definitely going to bring up my dad a little bit later because I think it's, uh, it's the, the father figure for millennials is definitely important. And there's a cool nickname they give us, you know, in, in, in terms of how our dad plays a role in our lives. So I'm going to get to that a little bit later. But coming up, I'm going to have one of my best friends at Rich Castro on Instagram. Super cool dude. This guy has a fucking heart of gold. Um, I don't want to give it away too much now. But I'm telling you, if you're listening to this and you hear Rich's story, you're going to start questioning yourself a little bit. So don't beat yourself up if you're not as amazing as the individual as rich is man he's 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 great uh great heart this dude is you know there for his family throughout the entire way but you know just like most millennials has that that um those difficulties of trying to compare yourself to what your uh your parents were doing back in the day so rich actually brought this topic you know more to my attention so uh it's even better and it's, it's only right that i have him on the show today to discuss it so Thank you again for tuning in to the Absolutely Fucking Not Podcast. If you want to get with us, let us know, uh, you know what you're thinking on this topic. Hit us up on Twitter at AFN Podcast and on Instagram at Absolutely Fucking Not Know You After the F. Again, episode seven, Not Our Parents, going to be back with our boy Rich Castro. All right, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Absolutely Fucking Not Podcast with your boy Day Bar is Open, the life and times of millennial. Super excited about this episode, episode seven, not our parents, not because it's a cool topic, something that we all you know, struggle with or discuss amongst ourselves, but something that uh, I think one of my friends can share super cool insight. Uh, that's why I invited one of my uh, closest friends, Rich Castro. Rich, how's it going? Doing good, man. Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. So obviously want to give the people a little bit of an introduction. Uh, me and Rich have known each other now for almost like a year and a half. Uh, we met at the uh, NBA program. Uh, I was wearing a Victor Cruz jersey and Rich was wearing a Sunday Funday shirt. And it was like, yo, that's my friend. So <laughs> <laughs> pretty much I was like, All right, whatever this guy is doing to, you know, hang out with him. And you turned out to be, you know, a super key member of my life, not only through the program, but, uh, you know, really, really cool friendship uh, formed from that. 
So obviously, you know, we wanted to have you in the show, man. Share your insight and just, you know, perspective on being a millennial uh, and just things going on in your life, man. Is that cool? Appreciate it, man, man. Absolutely. All right, man. So let's give the people an idea of what's going on, man. Give us, uh, you know, just an idea of uh, your perspective on the topic itself, not our parents, man. When, when you hear that phrase, what comes to, comes to mind? Um, I feel like it, it really hits home to me personally. Um, I, I, I have a really like strong feeling towards it because in my, in my situation, I, I mean, in many people's situations, we all look up to our parents, right? There, there are our guidance, there are our beacons in our lives and, and we looked and aspire to be almost like them. Right. So we kind of in the process put a lot of unnecessary pressure on ourselves uh, and and it kind of like also kind of get it from our parents because our parents at the end of the day always want what's best for us they always want to give us what they themselves weren't able to do right even though it's not obvious at the time absolutely absolutely <laughs> no like guaranteed so i i feel so strongly about that because it's it's stuff that i go through in my own life and and i had to come to my a realization not too long ago and just basically said hey i gotta slow my own role just because my parents did this at this age doesn't mean that I have to, uh, or, or vice versa. For example, like I'm 26 years old right now. My dad at 26 years old already had me. He, he was making a hundred grand rolling out of bed in the morning. Uh, he had, you know, just finished buying his new home. He was starting up a family with, with his wife, my mom, you know, so, so many things, you know, were already moving for him in his life that I kind of had that moment with him not too long ago. And I just kind of said, crap, dad, like, look at us. Like you're the... I, I had to think about it. Like I'm the same exact age you were when you had me and you were at such a different point in your life than I am. I had to kind of calm down for a bit and remember like, just because he was at that point in his life doesn't necessarily mean that I have to, nor does it mean any less because I am not like our boy, Sam, Sam, when we met him was 23 years old, already about to get married. And now he's about to pop out his first kid at like 24. Insane. That, insane. That doesn't mean that you, that you at 20 or 30 and uh, me at 26, that doesn't mean we have to do it tomorrow. It just has to be our own way, our own path, how we get to find it. Nothing wrong with the way Sam do it. I love him and I, I am so happy for him. That was just what he was ready for. And on his path and his way, that's, his, that's what he was set up to do. Right. Which is why I think that, it's even more reason why it's hard to put all millennials in a bubble because we can all, mm -hmm. we all go about things a little bit differently, but I feel like we all have this in, in innate constant expectations on our shoulders. Like, damn, our parents did things so different back then. And I know something so simple as I went to, I was telling, I went to Epcot like a couple of weeks ago, with my girlfriend and just fucking the idea that my mom brought me to Disney world twice a year. Mm -hmm. is fucking crazy it's like yo mm -hmm. those prices are outrageous mm -hmm. um i remember you were telling me your dad said you were the family which is much bigger than me and my mom like all the time at disney world right yeah we we, we practically lived there as kids <clears throat> excuse me we um we went all the time uh, with me and my sisters we, we were going pretty practically every year like it was like it was no problem you know and that's kind of stuff like i had that same feeling when i heard your episode about it i was just like I had to stand back and say, crap, you know, that is right. Like, 
thanks mom thanks dad right yo crazy <laughs> like how you know, if i had a, a house full of kids and a wife to pay for there's no way i'm doing drinking around the world bro. Like, no way like you you were you were sweating it just you and your girl imagine you had two kids to the mix and you also got to pay a hundred bucks to get them into the board <laughs> and then yo. everything that they want and the balloons and everything they're gonna want to buy the shirt they want they want the yeah. mickey ice cream like yeah, exactly. mickey ice cream is five dollars you crazy <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah we have a lot to be appreciative of them super man so like I, so obviously just the idea of obviously what our parents have been through man that, that also terrifies me at times because like my mom at 25 already had me was you know making all these major moves so i mean what are the things you do to ensure that you don't have that weight on your shoulders moving forward it's 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 difficult and I'll, and like i'll tell you why like I, I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. And and growing up, that was always the biggest thing my parents wanted to push on me. You've got to go to school. you got to get an education. you got to get a degree. you got to make sure you do that. And it's like, I knew that there was something that I wanted as well. But it was just kind of like that extra pressure. Like, damn, I got to, you know, I got to do it for the family. You know, they, they, they want this almost more than I do almost. Right, right, right. But, but, but you know, getting there. It was just, it wasn't, it was, if it, it was so emotional because it was kind of like, damn, you did it for yourself, but on top of the fact that you made your family proud and that, right. pr- that pressure, that drive in all of us is tough, man. And sometimes it's, it's just crazy. Like, um, dude, when we graduated with our masters, our MBA, my mom was balling. She was like, oh my God, I, I can't believe it. The first masters in the family this is great. She goes, this is awesome. But when are you going to get your PhD? Coño. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whoa, mom, like, relax. Like, I have so many things laid out that I want to do first. And I have to get some moves done. And then eventually I'll get there. But, but yeah, it's like it's, it's on to the next thing. Because they just want to set goals for you and, and, and want the best out of you and push you and motivate you to do more. But at the same time, you have to realize, is this exactly what you want? where you want to be in your life. And I had to have that moment with my parents and say, hey, look, I understand y'all want the PhD. I, that's not something that I want right now, but down the future, absolutely. But, you know, on top of the fact that we're talking PhDs don't fall off the trees, they're worth, you know, damn near $100,000 in some cases. More, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, maybe I want to get a house before then or, you know, do a couple of things, set myself up. And but yeah, just, just things like that, that extra added pressure that our families don't realize that they're putting on us they all want the best for us naturally and you know we love our parents because of it but it's kind of we have to get to our our our, set ourselves and our goals straight and realize is this something that we want to do because i've had to i've had to push myself too many times to realize that yeah man obviously i think i think i mentioned a little bit earlier i feel like success in our age is a little bit different than what success may have been for them right and it's just both of us like ourselves and our parents come into a realization like hey like i get that's what success looked for you you know the early you know 2000s late 90s but you know in today's age you know what i'm doing isn't too far from what success looks like you know for someone of my age coming up um but yeah man i had i had that same issue with my mom when i graduated my undergrad she's like i'll go get your mba now and i'm like why like, you know what I mean? Like, there was, yeah. like, there was no real explanation from her. That's why I think that's one of the reasons why I put it off for, you know, four to five years. So I was like, but why am I going to go get it? Like, you're just telling me to go get my MBA. I'm like, why? Like, I have my own dreams, aspirations, do my own thing. Like, why do I have to go to school just because you're saying go to school? But obviously, it turned out to be a great thing. But 
Absolutely. absolutely. You know, but you, you want to have your own plan. And sometimes I feel like our parents forget that, hey, I get you had a plan for us when we were born 25, 30 years ago. But I think, you know, society has changed. So obviously the plan you have may not be extremely relative to what our day-to-day life looks like as adults now. You know what I mean? So how yeah. do you feel like today's day and age affects, uh, you know, your view of things compared to how your, your dad or mom looked at things? You know? Well, I mean, there's a night and day difference, you know. Um, and one of the things I, I was talking to my dad about is like, yeah, at, at 21, 22 years old, my dad was just securing his mortgage broker's license. He had just finished joining a firm. Uh, gas was like less than a dollar. Uh, <laughs> a, a, a gallon of milk was like less than a dollar. You know, you can go out to the club and blow a hundred dollars, and that's gonna buy you so many of this, so many of that. You could do whatever the heck you wanted. You know, life was cheap, life was enjoyable, and if you were making that kind of money back then, you were set. You know, so it's yeah, kind of like for twenty five years, people are still making the same money, but it's not that cheap. <laughs> No, I think I was just reading today that um, Miami ranks one of the highest um, in in the uh, Miami ranks one of the highest cities in the U.S. with uh, salaries versus rents within the city. So a regular two bedroom, two bathroom apartment is going to cost you anywhere between fifteen to twenty three hundred dollars, depending on where you go. But the average person making a minimum wage like eight something would have to secure three full time jobs just to be able to afford that. It's Bro, nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts, dude. I live in Fort Lauderdale. I'm paying seventeen hundred dollars for a fucking studio, my guy. Like this shit yeah, is it's, crazy. It's, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. So it, you can't compare like uh, apples to oranges. It's it's it, it's so much different the world that they lived in and the things that my dad was able to do at the, at such a young age to now. I mean, guaranteed, I gotta put myself in a better situation to be able to make that kind of bread going forward, and hopefully soon I'll be able to. But I can't put the pressure on me saying, hey, my dad did it at 24. How come you didn't do it? It's right. just, it's just, it's not the same buildup. It's not the same setup. We had two different things going on in our lives at the same time. You can't, you can't put the pressure of your parents' past and your parents' history on yourself. You got to be able to do things on your own and figure them out your own way. Absolutely. And it also, it helps put your, your parents' situation in better perspective as we get older though, right? Absolutely. Because you start realizing like, yo, just because these people have the title of my parents, they also have their own issues and drama, and they weren't perfect, right? Because I feel like growing up when you're in high school, maybe undergrad, like, you're, you just see your parents as fucking perfect. And then I think mm-hmm. it helps to put things in better understanding and remove that pressure when you're like, you know, these guys also had their own fucking issues to deal with, and they figured it out, right? So Absolutely. you just hope when you get to that spot, when you have kids or you finally buy your own home, you know, whatever the case may be. Like, you know what? It may seem fucking impossible, but it also probably seemed impossible to them, and they just fucking figured out a way to make it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's, that's, um, I'm glad you shared that, man. Cause again, I know it's a constant conversation me and you have been having, and I'm glad people can listen to that because I feel like, especially our age, man, our, our, this demographic between 20 and 35, man, like, I feel like we're in that in between generation, right? Like, we still mm-hmm. have so many, things reminding us of how things were but then it's also a constant reminder that shit's about to change right like i think especially in our nba program it's a constant reminder man like so many jobs are going to be obsolete in fucking five ten fifteen years right yeah uh, i remember absolutely. our professor kept asking us in one class like hey 
do you think a robot could do your job? Everybody said no. And then he kept fucking, then he started challenging us like, well, I'm pretty sure a robot could do your job and your job and your job. It's like, holy shit. So Mm -hmm. it's weird for us, man, because we have a constant reminder of what was and what will be. So um, we need to not make it so hard on ourselves, but trying to be stuck in the past and just really enjoy what we have going on right now. Again, I think it's just redefining what success is and being proud of the things you achieve. But in saying that, man, I feel like there's a lot of things on your shoulder right now. So I know we jumped into that topic pretty quickly, but I want the people to fucking understand what you've been going through now at fucking 26 um, in your own house, man. So do you mind shedding some light on that? Yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately, like about a year and a half, two years ago, we, we, uh, we figured out that my dad uh, fell ill with like cancer. Um, he had an issue. He had an issue with a uh, gastric cancer that he had to get operated right away. And then after that, he, he had to run with a bunch of chemos. And ever since then, I mean, I, I mean, I've been still living with my parents throughout through all this because before right. him, before him, my, my mom also fell ill to a lot of issues. So, I mean, I appreciate it because thank God I was there because I've been able to help out with the house and everything throughout right. this time. But but uh, one of my my major things now is is seeing my dad. My dad was always the primary breadwinner in my household, and he's the guy that I always looked up for, to because he was the champion of this family for the past as long as I've been alive, you know. And seeing him go down the way that he has, and me having to step into his place and be the next man up, has been crazy, absolutely crazy. I find it as a as a blessing and almost as a curse. Is, Kind of like a learning experience as well, right? That you that you have to, you know, learn how to man up. And ev- I mean, everybody eventually, at some point or another, has to get into that role. You're the alpha. Your parents, you know, yeah. And and you know, it got to me a little bit sooner than what. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I just wanted you to share that again. Obviously, not getting too personal, man. But I I, I know we spoken spoken about this. And then, I mean, just so you know, man, how much, you know, myself, Sam, Pablo, anyone who I talk about you to just fucking admires everything you do, bro. Like, if you're an example of what millennial is doing in this world, then, you know, (laughs) it's a fucking, I'm being serious, man. It's a dope example, bro. To be 26 years old and fucking stepping up, you got, what, like five people in that household that you're pretty much providing for and still trying to have a fucking normal life and have a girlfriend. Um, Like, bro, that's fucking insane. And the fact that you're making that shit happen, you haven't fucking lost your mind over the, and got an MBA throughout the fucking process. Like, that's crazy, dude. So, like, I feel like that's, I mean, a reason why I wanted to do yeah. this podcast because you fucking start, you know, when you get stressed out, you need to take a step back and start, like, admiring the things you've actually achieved. Like, bro, I know it, it gets frustrating for you at times just, like, how things are going. Um, but, dude, you should fucking definitely admire the shit you've achieved and have done, man, because... It's a fucking beautiful thing, Rich. And I haven't told you that before, man. I'm telling you now, man. It's fucking amazing. So definitely be proud of uh, the man you are, bro. The man you're going to fucking continue to be for yourself and and your family, bro. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. And and it it wasn't easy. Uh, It it still isn't easy. But I want to thank you. And I want to thank the people closest to me, like the guys you mentioned. And shout out to my girlfriend, B. I love you. Bianca, I know you're going to hear this eventually. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, if it weren't for you guys and and you know me, you guys being there for me, so that I can lean on you for a little while, even through like the NBA program and afterwards and stuff like that, it, I wouldn't have been able to do it. And 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 yeah, it's it's tough when you think about it. You know, it's it's that there's also that stigma of 
oh, you're 26 and living at home. But you know what? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be anyplace else because this is where I know I can help out and, and be there. And if it weren't for me, God knows what the hell would have been able to happen to my family. So, you know, to all the leaders out there. <laughs> it is what it is, bro. It is what it is. And, and – yeah, and dude, you're I'm doing everything that's right for you, bro. So, again, I, that's why I keep saying, man, you can't put millennials in the fucking bubbles because we all have our shit going on. We're just trying to make the most out of the, the situation. Um, but before I let you go, man, obviously, we, we both went through the NBA program. We both had dreams and aspirations before, during, and after, man. So how does, you know, the overall NBA experience, how was that for you? And then how, do you think you've reaped the benefits um, as of now or is it still something, you, you know, you're constantly, you know, evolving and trying to, you know, figure out? Um, I'm happy I did it. Um, I, I, similar to you, uh, before I started the program, I didn't think that I was, you know, cut out for it. I didn't think that I was going to make it, let alone for even, uh, give me, accept me and let me into the program. I was nervous as all hell when y'all met me the first time, uh, you know, going into, uh, some of the other things, touching on all those, like I could be sometimes a, a social introvert as well. Like, I have, I have to really warm up to, to getting to know people and meet people. But then, you know what? That's something that I really wanted to hit hard because in the business world, you're meeting people every day, talking to people you don't know, and you need to make that connection with them because that could be the, you know, close, a big deal that you're closing with your company or that, that next big thing that's going to help you guys move forward. So I wanted to, to, to really hone on all of my skills. And I'm glad I went to the NBA program because that really pushed me to talk to a lot of young millennials like myself and even some of older generations as well. We had a bunch of older people in our program as well and just get those, all those different perspectives and, and ideas and just really like put me in the right mindset that I had to be to excel going forward. And, and I know for a fact that it's going to help me going in the long run, maybe not help me right now where I'm at right now. Cause I, I feel like sometimes I can't apply myself right. as much as I want to, but definitely in securing something that's going to be meant for me later on in the future and then going forward. And maybe even one day you and I collab and we make a hundred percent. No, hundred <laughs> percent. I, I, I definitely agree. Sometimes that when I, when I'm at work on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm like, damn, am I really fucking applying, you know, everything I learned in those, you know, year and a half. But then you know, there's certain parts of that. It is, you know, the, the team, you know, teamworks and, you know, working in a groups, like you apply that every single day at work. Right. So you gotta, I feel like you have to remind yourself like, yeah. Hey, it wasn't a waste because maybe you're not applying it fully just yet, but you are applying aspects of it. And, you know, if you keep striving, you'll, you'll figure out no, what yeah. your niche or calling is. Absolutely. No, I agree with you. Whether you, whether you realize it or not in some way, somehow, yeah, exactly. And in worst case scenario, you got, you know, three great friends out of it, right? So it's all, it's all good. No, guaranteed. At the very least, that did come out of it. At the very least, <laughs> but you're stuck with me, Sam, and Pablo. So at the very least, bro. Um, but Rich, man. Guaranteed. That's a winning exactly. situation. In I don't know book. about. Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I'm going to stop right there. But Rich, man, I want to I wanna thank you so much, brother, for, for stopping by, sharing your insight, man. You have a fucking beautiful story. Uh, and I really wanted people to understand, you know, what you've been through, what you're going through, man, and the, and the plans you have for the future, man. So, again, thank you so much for stopping by on uh, the Absolute Fucking Not podcast, bro. Appreciate you. Love you. And looking forward to the future and hope this keeps blowing up for you, bro. I love it. And if you need me again Thanks, in the man. future, I appreciate that. To listeners, thank you again for tuning in. Going to be back with another segment. Uh, again, it's episode seven, Not Our Parents. Thank you again.
right, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Absolutely Fucking Not Podcast with your host, Daybar is Open. Episode 7, again, is entitled, Not Our Parents, and I'm so glad you were able to hear Rich's uh, perspective on things, uh, let alone his perspective, man. Rich is an absolutely amazing dude, and I you know, I told you that before, but I think when, uh, you know, hearing stories like the, of, of his, it really, you know, helps put things in perspective and just, you know, there's generally amazing dudes out there. Um, side note before I get into the last topic at hand, uh, again, me, Rich, Sam, Pablo, we all went to the NBA program. These are the three to, you know, three guys who I became closest with, which is why I brought them on the show, just to share, you know, their stories because they're all very unique in their own way. Uh, but out of those three guys, I probably speak to Rich the least the the least amount um, on a weekly basis, man. Because obviously Rich is doing his own thing, you know. Obviously has a bunch on his shoulder right now, so you know I try not to like you know bother him with you know annoying shit that will bother Sam or Pablo with. But uh, me and Rich have a really cool relationship, though, man. We talk, you know, when we can. But it's always love, man. And obviously, I know his parents are going through some stuff right now. So whenever I'm in Miami, before I drive up, I always hit him up with a text. Or, Yo, are you free? Can I just stop by to you know, say what's up to them, man? Because uh, you know, Rich's family is super special to me. Uh, we've had a similar relationship for the past two years now. But I was here for Thanksgiving last year and Christmas. And they made sure that, hey, oh, Danny's not going back to New York to be with his family then he has to come and spend family time with us here. And that was fucking awesome. So again, shout out to Rich, shout out to his family, beautiful people. And I'm glad you're able to hear hear Rich's beautiful story. But back to the segment at hand, uh, the last segment, I wanted to talk about my dad, uh, the other half of the people who bred day bar is open. Um, man, I love my dad. My dad uh, played a you know a key role in my life. Um, but the reason why I also want to bring him up it's because the the father role is a is a huge deal when it comes to millennials. Because um, we actually, besides being known as millennials, our generation is actually known as the fatherless generation. Uh, we actually are the highest generation that grew up in a single family home. Most times, the ho- those homes were without a dad. So that was all, that was also my situation, which was kind of weird though because. My dad was around. Like I saw my dad. I remember hanging out with my dad younger. But as far as the house I was raised in, my mom, you know, raised me as a single parent. You know, I saw my dad on the weekends or, you know, he would pick me up, you know, maybe here or there after school, but I was raised, you know, with my mom. Um and like I mentioned before, not having my dad in the household definitely affected me though. Um, you know, you're being raised by women. It's a little bit different, you know, different understanding of things come, um, you know, it was my mom. And then when she went to work, my grandmother would take care of me. And then when my aunt, you know, was younger at the time, you know, she'd babysit me as well. So you'd become, you know, more sensitive to things. And I always thought about like how things would be, um, you know, if I had my dad in the picture and, but I mean, honestly, I had a great upbringing. Um, you know, I didn't, you know, care that I was being raised by women, but even when you have the best things in the world, you know, you always, you know, wonder about, you know, is the grass green on the other side? So I always wonder how things would be, you know, if my dad was in the picture, you know, would I be a little bit tougher? Would I be better in baseball? Because obviously, you know, Dominicans are all about baseball. So maybe if I had my dad in the picture, I'd be fucking making millions playing baseball. I don't fucking know. But um, that had never happened. But it was so cool, man. Like my dad was, you know, in my life for the most part. And we had a cool relationship. Um you know, dad was a super cool dude. Everyone fucking loved him on the block. 
Like I mentioned earlier, he had a bunch of, you know, record stores that, you know, I remember going to hang out with, you know, hang out at. Um, I got to hang out with my brothers and sisters. Um, my dad, you know, always made sure that even if he had kids with, you know, different women, um, he always wanted all his kids to be together, man. That was, you know, a dope feature of his. And again, for the most part, me and my dad had a really cool relationship. I do want to share a story, though, because it wasn't always like, oh, this was the best version of the fatherless generation that you still had your dad in the picture, but, you know, your mom raised you. Like, there was a time that um, I generally did not like my dad. Um, and I don't know, I'm sure there's a moment for any of, the, of my siblings that we just really were upset with the way he was going about things. I remember this vividly. I was living in India now for like three to four years. I must have been like 15, 14, 15. So, you know, you're pretty much coming of age, um, trying to figure things out. You think you're a man, but obviously you're not a man yet. Um, but I was in India. Again, it was just me and my mom in India. It wasn't, I, I didn't have a cousin or my dad or an aunt who lived down the street. It was just me and my mom. Again, more reason why my mom is the absolute shit um, and is the fucking ultimate warrior for making so many amazing things happen for me. But again, it was just me and my mom. And, you know, a few months were going by now and I realized, man, I haven't fucking heard from my dad in fucking a while. Like, yo, where the fuck is this dude at? Um, like, I was getting pretty prideful. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking call him. This guy's not calling me. I'm not going to call him. I um, actually was on about to go to New York uh, for summer vacation, and I did not even let him know I was there. I was at the park that summer. Uh, I think it was, I, don't know, I was fucking 15 years old. I was playing basketball because I was obsessed with basketball at the time. Um, you know, played pretty much every single day that summer playing basketball. I was at the park up the block from my grandma's house. Uh, I think it's called Matthews Park. I was playing basketball at Matthews Park. And I was just playing. And I, see, and I don't know how he found out. My mom told him. I, I never asked anyone how he found out. And I see my dad from a glimpse of my eye, like, walking towards the park. And I'm like, fuck. Really wasn't trying to see this fucking guy. Like, I was not. Like, I, would, I wanted to come that summer. And I don't know, I wanted maybe to justify, like, yo, I, I, like, you know, fuck this guy, right? This guy was barely my life. Like, I wanted to maybe justify some things in my head. And, like, if he didn't make an effort that summer, I, like, that would have been perfect for me. But uh, he was there, man. And, like, I was super upset. You know, maybe all this hidden anger I maybe had for him for, you know, just not being around um, came out, man. Or maybe just being upset that he didn't reach out to his, you know, middle child for, you know, four to five months while I'm fucking in India by myself, you know, you know, trying to look for maybe a father figure. So, um, he, he, he I, the game finished. And I want to keep playing, but like, there was no one else to play with. So I was like, all right, let me just walk home. And then he grabs me as I'm walking home. He's like, DJ, um, cause everybody calls me DJ back home. Um, DJ, you know, what's going on? And then I was like, yeah, don't put your hands on me. I'm not your son, you know, I'm, I'm good. Thank you for stopping by, but don't call me. We're good. And then that's the first moment I ever saw my dad cry. And I felt like shit for making him cry. But then I'm like, all right, this guy's crying. He clearly cares. Um, but that's the first time me and my dad were never really cool. Um, and I got mad at him. Like, I was really, really mad at him. But we overcame that, man. And then as I got older, and this is why I think this is a, a cool story for millennials just to put things more in perspective, but I, as I got older, I started to realize that, man, like, you, you, sometimes you think your parents are perfect because they're parents, right? Like, the idea of you having kids, just you assume that person has their shit together. And then as I've gotten older, I realize that's clearly not, not the fucking case. 
Um, and it all kind of fell in place for me. Uh, I was actually, last year, I was hanging out with my brother um, in Brooklyn, just drinks, conversation, and then I was like, man, like, as I go through my shit, and I'm 29 years old at the time, I don't have my shit together. Um, I'm trying to make the most of it. Um, when my dad was like 20, 29, he had like four or five kids, I think with a couple different wives, um, and had a successful business, but trying to juggle all that stuff. Like, how would I have been able to handle that? Probably not as well as he did, or I don't know of any better. So I feel like the the way my dad's story made me the person I am today just helped me better understand to take people at what they are, right? I feel like you start feeling, you start getting upset at people because you have a certain, you know, idea of what they should be, right? The same way we get upset at our parents when they have all these plans and agendas for us and then we can't live up to them, you know, they get upset at us. I feel it works the same way when we realize, all right, we're getting older. We know we're, we're of a certain age now. We can't expect it's because our parents are our parents. They're going to be perfect, man. And I really, that helped me understand and appreciate my dad so much, man. Because my dad was, again, the coolest dude I knew. And and I definitely don't think if, if I would have had the life he lived, if I would have done a better job than he did with me or my siblings, Right. Would I be a better father for if I was my dad, would I be a better father for me? I mean, and again, you maybe. Yeah, you, he could have done a better job here and there. But again, he did the best he could do with the situation um, that he was dealt. And again, my dad does a lot of cool things for us. Uh, when I was going through a tough time, he was the first one to give me a call and say, hey, I'm here for you. Let's just fucking talk. Right. And I, me and my dad normally don't talk for a lengthy period of time. It's normally. Just, you know, casual hellos, goodbyes, and we get into sports because we're both huge Yankee fans. Um, but it's never too intense, right? We keep it very, you know, surface level. But when I needed him, he was there. And that meant the fucking world to me. And then he does a great job of, like, showing all of us that he cares by whenever, again, it's fucking eight of us, right? So it's hard for any all, any of us to keep up with whose birthday it is or whose graduation it is or whose kid's birthday it is, blah, blah, blah. My dad keeps fucking tabs on all that stuff. And if it's my, my brother's birthday in Virginia, trust me, I'm getting a call the night before. Hey, don't forget to call Alex. So, again, my dad did a great job of trying to keep all of his kids, you know, feeling that they're one big family, even though, you know, we had separate moms. So, again, I feel the, the role my dad played in my upbringing was it allowed me to really appreciate everyone for who they are. And even though this may be a father's generation, um, and I didn't have my dad in, in most of the picture growing up, uh, I was still lucky enough to have him, and he definitely made an impact on me. And as I got older, it just made me appreciate not only him, but other people for you know what it is, right? Because you really start to analyze who you are. And then, damn, like, fuck, like, that dude is going through something. Let me give him a, you know, give him a break, because I know if I, the shit I'm dealing with, I'm not perfect. And it's not fair to assume... That's somebody else because they're a parent or because they come from a certain background that they're going to be perfect as well. So I think that's the role my dad played uh, with me. And I think that uh, the advice I give to anyone is just give give people um, the benefit of the doubt, accept them for who they are. And the, the if they're putting in effort, man, that's, that's, take the effort for what it's worth. But again, that's just my story with my dad. And uh, even though I grew up in a father's generation, in a father's home, I was lucky enough to have my dad with me and uh, definitely helped me out. Um, 
again, I'm not my mom. I'm not my dad. I'm just me. Uh, things have worked out pretty good for me thus far as I knock on wood. Um, but I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode, letting me share my thoughts here, hearing my boy Rich's thoughts. If you want to hit up any of us up on social media and get a better insight on how things are going for us when it pertains to this topic or anything else, you can reach Rich at Rich Castro on Instagram. You can reach me on Twitter at AFN Podcast. And as always on Instagram, which I'm probably the most um, active on at absolutely fucking not no you after the F. Um, but yeah, man, it's been a great episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, pretty personal as always. But again, I just hope you guys can take something away from this, relate to it on a certain level. And again, if you guys were able to laugh or, you know, just sit back and say, huh, I, I think I did my job pretty well. Um, updates for the weekend. Uh, do I have anything going on this weekend? This will be pretty chilled. Uh, I might go to Del Boca Vista again, a.k.a. Naples, to hang out with some with some friends of, uh, of my girl from uh, from back home in Rhode Island. I actually have my boy Steven in town from New York, so I'm going to hang out with him. Um, Halloween is tomorrow, or when you guys listen to this today. Um, I spent exactly $4 on my costume, so as I've grown older, I spend less and less on Halloween, so officially adulting there, um, going as Batman. And the entire thing cost me $4.99 for that mask, and otherwise I'm not spending a dime on Halloween. Um, But yeah, so it's going to be super chill, nothing crazy. Um, obviously just diving into this, uh, podcast even more, hoping, hoping to ensure that episode eight is the, uh, best episode to come out. But I want to thank you guys again for tuning into this episode, episode seven, not our parents, uh, with your boy day bar is open and thank you again, Rich for stopping by. Always a pleasure to have you guys tune in. Hope you guys enjoyed it. See you guys next week.